It's been said the best way to achieve a goal is to write it down or declare it to the world, then work like hell to get there. Today on the Financial Operating Base, we'll hear from Jesse Owuji, U.S. Navy Lieutenant, NASCAR driver, and entrepreneur. Jesse set his sights on becoming a professional race car driver and has done just that by letting nothing get in his way. Welcome to the Financial Operating Base, a podcast and community to help you, the veteran entrepreneur, to navigate the terrain and accomplish your mission of business success. Today, we have Jesse Awuji, U.S. Navy Lieutenant, uh, NASCAR driver, and owner of the Redless Group. Jesse, thanks for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. Well, let's start here. Tell us about your time um, in the Navy and the military and, and kind of afterwards, what led you to get into um, both NASCAR driving as well as entrepreneurship and a little about your businesses. Yeah, so, um, you know, originally I'm from Dallas, Texas, and I grew up there and, you know, had this really big goal to go off to college and play college football. So I got recruited by the Naval Academy um, towards the end of high school and, um, you know, to come play football for them. And I was like, you know what, it's a great opportunity to go to a really good school, get a really good education, um, you know, have a career started for me after I graduated as a U.S. Naval officer and also play some great football um, for all four years. So, I took that opportunity and went to the Naval Academy and uh, played football there and ran track there all four years. Had a lot of great games and, you know, uh, went to a lot of bowl games, won a bowl game, beat Notre Dame twice, beat Army and Air Force all four years. You know, just had a good time doing that. And um, as I graduated, um, I became a surface warfare officer in the Navy. So, um, you know, my first four years in the Navy uh, out in the fleet, um, from 2010 to 2014, I was on the ships. And during that time, I was on two different ships. I went on two different deployments, spent about 15 total months in the Arabian Gulf. And then um, after 2014, I transitioned from sea duty to shore duty. And on shore duty is when I started really kind of, I had a lot more free time, especially on the weekends and stuff like that. And uh, it allowed me to uh, start diving into all of my other passions, which was, uh, you know, entrepreneur stuff and also uh, racing how did you how did you start racing was that something that you kind of always liked cars growing up or did you get introduced to like take a trial run and just fell in love with it how did that get started yeah so um ever since i was a little kid i've always liked cars you know i used to really love the show uh knight rider <laughs> back in the day back in uh, i think yeah. it was like an 80s show um but i used to watch it like in the early 90s and stuff and um, I did reruns and things like that of that show, and I really loved it. And that's kind of got my interest in the cars. And then for some reason, I always had this attraction to, to NASCAR. Like, I would kind of watch it on TV when I was a little kid. When none of the other cartoons were on anymore that I wanted to watch, I would put NASCAR on. Um, also, as a kid, I used to love the show Speed Racer, and I used to love anything that had cars racing. Like, I actually liked watching it on TV. So, um, you know, that kind of was a natural thing for me. And then growing up, you know, I never had been to a race or anything like that in my life, but uh, in college, you know, I used to do some research, you know, in my free time to learn about cars and racing and how it all works. And this was always something with me, but I never really thought that I would actually pursue professional racing. I just 
was a car guy who liked cars. And I knew eventually at some point I tried to get myself on some tracks and do open track days and stuff, which is what I did from 2010 through uh, 2014. But I didn't realize that I was going to actually get myself from doing that to actually professional racing. So um, it was uh, <laughs> it's definitely, it's been a crazy journey and definitely different than most. I mean, most, most drivers I raced against in NASCAR, a lot of them started when they were five, six years old and uh, they started go-karting and then they moved up to different levels and so on. Whereas for me, I didn't do my first official like wheel to wheel race until uh, 27 years old in 2015. So that's incredible because as you mentioned, the typical path of professional racers is to kind of grow up in that culture and that community and the connections. But what it sounds like you did was somehow get into or penetrate that, that network and that culture. So talk about how you were able to do that coming from outside of that world, so to speak. And then even to the point of connecting with the right, either promoters or owners, and even just getting a tryout um, for, you know, someone brought you onto their team and you can tell us about um, the team that you race for. Yeah, my, my pathway um, had to be different for sure because I was starting at a later stage than a lot of people. So for me, you know, in, in 2010 through 2014, um, you know, I was just like your typical car guy. I was going to different um, open track days, like I was going to drag strips and road courses and taking my personal cars there and just, you know, doing like little small competitions, like nothing too crazy, but small stuff, you know, time trial stuff and, you know, all that and having fun doing that. And um, I started building a little bit of a name on social media at that time, you know, I started getting some followers and getting a lot of views on videos on, on YouTube and all that stuff. And I started kind of building my name within the car community in California. And then, um, you know, while doing that, I would get approached by different people, just friends. And they always say like, man, it seems like you're always doing stuff with cars and you're always going to tracks and all that stuff. Like, you know, maybe one day you should think about trying to become a professional race car driver. And I was like, wait, what? You know, and it never really crossed my mind. And then I had more than one person, you know, really come up to me and keep telling me that. And it kept on coming in my ear a lot. And I'm like, man, there's a reason this is coming my way. Like, maybe this is something I need to actually look into. Maybe this is something I need to actually do. So um, in January 2014, I was literally sitting in, in my room one night and I had a whiteboard and I pulled the whiteboard off my wall and I wrote on it. I said, you know, Jesse become a professional race car driver and that was like my number one goal and i think i had like three on there and that was like the number one i was like okay like this is it like i just made the decision i've seen myself i've envisioned myself being there i just keep seeing myself doing it like this is what i'm gonna do once i wrote that down and kind of put that out in the universe that this is what i want to do it's crazy how different doors start opening up and certain things start happening because you're focusing energy in a certain direction and you actually want something and you fully believe that you're going to make it happen. Doors start appearing, doors start opening. So two months after that, I was at a car show. I ran into a guy who um, was helping out with the SRT experience at the car show. I was telling him about all my like stuff I was doing with my Corvette and my, my Challenger and all that stuff going to tracks. And I uh, never told him that, that I wanted to be a pro driver. I was telling him about that stuff. And then we split ways. And then I just so happened to need to use the restroom. So I went to the porter potties and there was like 50 of them. But I just so happened to be standing at the one that he happened to be in. I didn't even realize it. He walks out. He sees me again for a second time. And he says, hey, would you be interested in, you know, testing a, a stock car out, like a late model stock car? I was like, uh, 
like NASCAR stuff, like over the track. And he's like, yeah. I was like, yeah, sure. I'd love to test one out for sure. And this is what I, it goes back to the whole like energy thing. Like when you're putting out these waves of energy that you're trying to accomplish something in life, things start attracting your way. Like, and it seems crazy, but it's like actually true. Like actually happens. So I met this guy and he, he said I should do a test with his team. I did a test with his team two months after that in May of 2014. And uh, it was a late model stock car. It was kind of like the lowest level of like oval track racing and uh, with, with at least full size cars. And uh, did that in May of 2014. It went well. I went on deployment that year, came back. And after that, I was like, you know what? It's time to race. And I want to actually do this for real and actually jump in one of those things and race, you know, on a Saturday night. So I, I, it, it, they told me that it was going to cost $5,000 to race. I was like, okay, let me pull some money from my deployment savings to, to make that happen. And I did that and got to race my first race in, uh, in April 2015. And then from there, uh, it was just a money grind to keep finding more money. I did crowdfunding campaigns and all that stuff. I used credit cards. I did everything to kind of stay in the game for that first half of that year. But also, too, at the same time, earlier that year, because I knew that, you know, racing was a big money game and it all allowed it had to do with funding. I was like, well, the Navy pays me decent, but it doesn't pay me racing decent. So I need to find other ways to get streams of income, especially if I don't have like sponsorships, which I didn't really have at that time. So uh, I decided to start my own business because I was like, you know what, this is my other way. Like, I'm going to make my own money. If, I, if no one's going to give it to me or if I don't have it coming from my regular job, I'm going to just make it like I'm, go, I'm going to I'm going to create a business and I'm going to make a successful, profitable one that's going to profit enough money to help me cover my racing expenses. And it, it did just that. Um, in my first year of that business, you know, it profited. You know, I, I think we were like 52 percent like profitability. It's crazy. Like and like I think it made a hundred grand total for the year and like 52 grand was profit. The next year, it was like almost triple that, you know, so. Um, that I just kept on kind of working on that and building that, and that helped me cover a lot of my expenses for racing until I got to a point where I could find um, companies and people who are willing to be sponsors of mine, so I didn't have to keep using all the money from the business to to help fund and supplement, you know, my my racing. This Joe, that's pretty impressive. Most people would say that starting a business is their dream. You started a business just to fund your dream which is like amazing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Uh, yeah, I mean, I pretty much did that. Cause at the end of the day, like, you know, we all have different goals. We all have different dreams, but you know, I hear so many people saying, Oh, I didn't get to my goal or I didn't get to my dream because of this, because of this, because of that. And then you've got to find a way, you know, like there, there's, we can all get to where we want to be. You know, you just have to find ways to get there. Like it, you know, pe people always, they'll stop at a certain point. They'll be like, oh, I can't because of this. I can't because I don't have enough money. We'll go find more money. We'll make more money. I can't because I don't, um, I, I'm not this, I'm not that, whatever. Go make it. Go find, like, there's ways to do it. You just got to find a way. Like, I didn't have the money, so I had to find a way. You're doing a lot of things, and, and I think a lot of entrepreneurs, or maybe if someone has a corporate job or they're still active duty in the military and they start that side hustle, because they want to um, be an entrepreneur, um, that, that sometimes can be tough for them to manage, uh, manage the complexity of multiple things and manage their time. You, it looks like you just do a ton. So you, you have the racing, you have the business that you own. Um, what are some of your tips that you could tell the listeners as far as 
how you manage yourself, how you manage time, how you manage your priorities and make it all work. Yeah. Um, so, you know, at the end of the day, um, there's 24 hours every single day, 24 hours every day. There's a lot of hours a day. And technically really you only, if you really want to function properly, you need about six hours or so of sleep, you know, six or seven, but you know, if you're grinding, you're probably going to want to stay closer to the six range. So, um, you know, with that being said, there's 18 other hours of that day where you can work on you and you can work on your goals and stuff. So then people throw out the excuses. Oh, I got my regular day job or, Oh, I got kids or oh, I got whatever. Well, you, there's still a lot of time. Like all that stuff doesn't take your of 18 hours of the day always, you know, like there are, there are, if you really break it down and you really want to look at it and you truly look at it, there are plenty of hours in a day. You're actually not doing a lot of stuff, you know, and you might not understand it. You might not see it because it's always, you know, in the mix, but like there, there are a lot of hours that you're actually really not using. Like if you spend any time watching TV, that's time you could have been using to work on your goals and, and work on your dreams. If you spend any time like just doing stuff that really isn't productive period, like that's time you could have been using to work on your goals and dreams. And, and maybe each day, I'm not saying you're going to have eight hours a day to work on your stuff. You might only have two to three hours, maybe max each day to work on it, but maximize those two to three hours and use it to get closer and closer. It just means, you know, it might take longer to get to your goal, but it doesn't mean it's impossible. Like as long as you, 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 you have a vision, like a clear vision that came to you naturally that you could be doing something and you could be somewhere and you see yourself doing it, like it's just this natural calling that you have, that you feel, then, then you can be there. So make a decision, like proclaim it to the world, put it in the universe, write it down somewhere you can see it every day that you will be whatever you're trying to be or get to wherever you're trying to go. Once you do that, then just start putting effort and energy towards it every single day. So start, like if you got to network with people, if you got to send out a bunch of emails, you got to call people, you got to go to conferences, you got to go meet people, you got to, um, you know, write down notes on, on your new invention, whatever it is, you know, like you got to put some level of energy, research, development, you know, grind, you got to put that in towards that every single day, it, it, whether it's an hour a day, two hours a day, five hours a day, how, whatever your free time is that you have for that day, like that has to be devoted towards that. Throw away the personal time. There is no more, like when you're going after goals and dreams, like you have to throw away the personal time. You have to become something different to get to your goal. It's not about what you got to do. It's about who you have to become. You have to become someone who's not, who doesn't care about personal time anymore. Throw it away. It's gone. Like you're trying to get to something bigger. You know, use that personal time for goal time. Because once you get to your goal, you're going to have a lot more personal time and it's life's going to be a lot better. It's going to be a lot more fun, but you got to put in the work. Love it. Love it. You, you, we are all the sum of, you know, each of the decisions that we make and all we do. So I love that starting with identity. So you you go all in on this dream to become a professional driver, um, which in and of itself is a profession and a business. Um, and then you have the, the kind of resourcefulness to start another business in order to fund that. So tell us about that business, the Redlist Group, um, how it's sort of developed into two different business lines today and kind of what you're doing in each of those. Yeah. So um, while on deployment at the uh, end of 2014, second half of 2014, um, you know, I knew that I was going to get into this professional racing journey. I knew I was going to try to, you know, go on that path. I knew it was going to take a lot of money and funding to do that. I knew that if I didn't have the sponsorship needed, that I needed to find the money myself. 
and that was through making starting my own business. Um, I started thinking of different ideas, and I had some help from people on the ship to kind of spark that idea. I had some another entrepreneur on the ship who was really good at you know this really creative guy, and he sparked my idea to even start my business. He would tell me about these running events that he was putting on um, back in the states, you know, when um, some years ago. And he was telling me about how it went really well and it was a really profitable business and all that stuff and all that. And then he kept on talking about these events and events, events. And I'm like, oh man, I'm like, I'm like, I, I really like racing. I've been drag racing a lot. I helped uh, a shop that I knew um, do a track rental one day where they rented the track and put on some little event with people. And I, I helped them kind of market it and get people there. So I was like, why don't I put my own event? I was like, I already helped someone do it, and, and we did it on their dime. I didn't have anything to lose, and it was successful. We had over 100 people racing that day and all that stuff. So I was like, why don't I take the same knowledge they learned from that and do it on my own dime? And, and I know how to market it a little bit better and do a few things a little bit different and more pro, and I think I can make it better and have a bigger event. So I took that and I was like, I'm going to start uh, an events company where <clears throat> I put on drag racing events at drag strips. So I'll rent the track, sell tickets to spectators, people coming to race, um, all that stuff. Anyone who's attending has to buy tickets to come in. I'll do that and I'll put these events on. Well, you know, I went to the first event, um, you know, I started grinding the kind of marketing and stuff. Social media is huge. I didn't want to spend a ton of money on advertising or anything like that. I just knew I wanted to. I knew I knew how to market to people on social media. So I used Instagram and Facebook to market to people. Um, we ended up uh, the first event ended up having maybe 300 or so people in attendance, you know, maybe 50 something, 56 cars, I believe 60 cars, maybe racing that day, um, which for me was a win because I didn't lose money. I ended up making probably only three grand or so for that, for that event. Um, but it was, it was, it was a win because I, my first official event went, it happened. People actually showed up. We actually made money and that was great. But I was like, that's not enough because like I put in a lot of effort and a lot of headache towards this, a lot of stress just to get here. And that was a lot just to make only three grand, you know, after spending about three, three, four months on it. So I was like, okay, I need to make a lot more money than that. <laughs> I'm going to spend all this time to do this. So uh, going on to the second event in August, now that people knew that this event was something that happened, and, it, and it's something that's going to keep happening. Uh, going into the second event after a lot of grind, a lot of effort, um, and social media marketing and all that stuff, um, you know, just getting the word out there and just pounding the pavement, you know, all that stuff. Um, we ended up getting about 2,000 people to show up to that event and had probably 100 to 120 or so cars racing. Um, and it made a lot more money. So, um, I was very pleased with that. And that's when I knew that I had something pretty good, pretty big. The December event made a little bit more, um, did really well. Um, and then I had three event weekends in 2016, which all like did amazing. And then, uh, 2017, it, it went pretty steady too. Um, had a little bit of some dips in early 2018 and started rising again, uh, towards the end of 2018, early this year was horrible because we had some weather issues and then um this last event we just had in uh, august went really well and then the one we just had this past weekend was my number one event i've ever had um as far as size people and ticket sales all that stuff so um it's been going really really good and um just continue to grind and make it better and open up new things and new events in different places but then the second business that i started which was last year was um a trucking company 
so uh, I saw a need, an opportunity for, um, you know, uh, you know, profits and stuff like that in the trucking world. Like I just kind of saw that there was a big shortage of drivers, a big shortage of trucks on the road that are able to, you know, handle all these goods that are needing to be shipped. Um, so I was like, hey, that's an industry I think I should, you know, jump into. Like I don't know anything about the trucking industry. I've never been part of it. I've never driven a semi truck in my life. I don't have any family members who ever driven one. I like I only knew one person who was a truck driver, but it was just like, man, this seems like an interesting industry to get into. So literally, and I know this is going to sound super crazy, but you know, we're, we live in this information age and this inf- where you can get information really easily and teach yourself stuff. So what I did was I spent three months, three or four months, um, basically yeah, about four months, four months, basically waking up every morning around five something in the morning, five thirty and um, doing research on YouTube. <laughs> I literally used YouTube and Google and learned everything I needed to learn about the trucking industry through videos and reading different articles and different things like that. And then I spoke to two or three people who were actually into the industry who either own their own trucks or own their own businesses in it to ask some other more specific questions about certain things that I wasn't getting on YouTube or Google. And then uh, put that information together and by November 2018, started my own trucking company. Me and my brothers came together, invested the money together to buy a truck, got a driver, started running loads, and it's been going well since. You, you've got to be the most resourceful person we've ever spoken to. I mean, just <laughs> phenomenal. But, 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 but you combine that resourcefulness with discipline, and that's what makes it all work on the other end. And, and that's really impressive. Um, you almost make it sound too easy. What are, what are some of the things that you really have struggled with along the way that maybe other entrepreneurs can learn, uh, you know, how to overcome either day-to-day or interim goals in the business? Yeah, so um, all the stuff I just told you sounds like it's easy, sounds like it was all piece of cake. <clears throat> Everything I told you was just kind of what happened, but there are, there are, uh, there are a lot of hard stuff that happens in the way. Like, at the end of the day, you still, there's stuff to learn and there's stuff that you got to do. Like, there's actual work to be done. So that's definitely the hard part. Um, you know, like even with the trucking side, like that was a process of getting it started and getting it going and it's been going well, but like, I still had to put work in every single day. So I personally had to wake up at five, like I, at that time, I, cause I was in the Navy, I'm, I'm in the Navy reserves now. So I only go to the Navy stuff like once a month now, but, um, uh, in between that, I had a regular day job too, to help pay for the bills in between all this grinding and investing in certain stuff and all that. So um, I had a regular day job too. And I was the head of uh, marketing and sales at Magnuson Superchargers. So that was like a 8 a.m. till 4 p- or 5 p.m. type job. So um, I had to wake up at like 5 in the morning so that I could do <laughs> this research for figuring this business thing out up until about uh, 7 something in the morning. And then, and, then, and, then, and then from there, get ready and go to regular work. So like when people say, oh, I have a regular job. It takes up too much of my time. I'm like, most jobs are, you know, eight, nine hour jobs, you know, every once in a while you got 12 hour ones, but for the most part, like you can wake up before early or you can go to sleep later, but you got to figure it out. So that's what I was doing. Um, so that, that, that was tough right there because, you know, a lot of early, early wake up to, to learn this stuff and then doing it. Like there's little things that happen, bad things that happen sometimes, problems that arise, a whole bunch of stuff. You just have to continue to know that there's always, an answer and there is always a solution like there is no like breaking point where they're okay there's nowhere to go now like you're literally stuck like there's only a wall like 
even if there's a wall, like walls can be broken. Like they're not, there is no indestructible wall in this entire world. Like everything can be broken. Even diamonds can be broken, right? Lasers can cut them, right? So like there is absolutely nothing in this entire world that is unbreakable. So because of that, like you can get through stuff. So just figure it out, you know? So for that, that's the biggest thing I can tell people, like as far as the tough parts and different things like that is there's problems will arise. They can arise daily. They can arise weekly. They can arise monthly. Things will happen. Don't be afraid. Like it's okay. Like they're supposed to happen. Just figure it out. Like be like, it, it, it's, it's, it's okay. And, and I think that's the thing that scares people gets people down and, and, you know, you hear about different businesses failing and all this stuff. No business in the world should fail. Like none, none should completely fail and, and dissolve like none. Like if they do, it's because everyone quit on themselves. That's pretty much what happened there. It's absolutely zero reason anything should actually fail and dissolve and go away. Like it's because they quit on themselves and they stopped trying to reinvent themselves and create something different to keep going forward. So um, don't be scared of uh, losing money. <laughs> don't be scared to take risk. It's okay. It's, it's okay to take risk and lose a lot of stuff. It's okay to take risk and lose a lot of money. It's okay. Like it, it all will come back. Money is just like fake thing that just, we all put a value to it for some reason. Like it all comes back around. If you just keep going, the only reason you could ever lose and not ever get it back is because you lost at some point and you quit. If you lose and keep going, it actually comes back. You just got to keep going. And that's what people don't understand too. I'm almost afraid to ask you this question, but what are your future goals? <laughs> <laughs> um, future goals. All right. So um, I, I, I kind of have a little plan of taking over a small part of the world. So um not really, but no, um, <laughs> I'm going to, uh, so, so for me, I, 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 you said, I have the, uh, the, the events I'm putting on, I'm, I'm growing that I'm, I'm not going to grow it to like this point where I'm putting on events every single month, every single place. Like I, I'm personally not going to be doing that on my own. If I, if I get to that point, it's going to be me hiring some people to run that for me. But, um, I don't want to personally do that myself because I, I got some other stuff I need to do, like like racing NASCAR full time. <laughs> so um, that that that's gonna be one day. Maybe I'll have some events all over the place and people running it. But um, outside of that, uh, the trucking company want to grow it a little bit more, um, you know. But that's more of just kind of a a thing to just help bring in more capital so that I can get to the next thing. The next thing is uh, you know property stuff. So I want to get into some real estate. I want to be able to buy some real estate, sell it, flip it, uh, manage or, or um, do rental properties, things like that. I want to get into that whole real estate um, game. And, uh, and then eventually after that, uh, when a lot, of cash, a lot of cash flow is coming from that, eventually have some car dealership stuff going. Um, and then um, what's the next thing right after that? Uh, oh, yeah, that, that's that on the business side. And then for me personally, after – uh, I retired from NASCAR stuff in about 10 or so years. I'm going to be in some Hollywood movies and big blockbuster films. So I'll be in either I'm going to be in the Marvel comic universe or Fast and Furious franchise or somewhere like that. Transformers, you name it. I don't know. I'm going to be in something. Love it. Heck of a plan. Heck of a plan. Um, <laughs> so some of the themes and lessons that we've seen, you know, that you have exhibited are – 
you know, see a vision. And once you see it, actually write it down to pursue it, right? So you actually put it on the whiteboard, let's put it in front of you. Um, and then the next thing is commit to it, even to the point that you're setting out those vibes, like you said. Like, I think a lot of us have these ideas and these dreams, but we hesitate to go all in because when you go all in, then you can kind of push out those vibes, like you said, all the time. And that's how connections happen and, and things like that is that when you're putting it out there all the time, things will happen. And then the last thing is you were so committed. Exactly. Like Joe said, you mm -hmm. were so committed that you were resourceful in every way. So great story, great inspiration there. Um, is there a favorite quote or leadership principle or saying that, that helps to guide or inspire you all along the way? Yeah, I'm going to give you three, and hopefully I don't forget one of them on my way of giving you these three. <clears throat> so one of them is uh, from Les Brown, and it is never let someone's opinion of you become your reality. And what that means is when we start setting after our goals, setting after our dreams and all that stuff, um, there's going to be a lot of people, sometimes they're really close people to us, their loved ones, friends, family, whatever, all that stuff. Um, some of them want to protect you, right? They don't want to see you go through hell pretty much, which is what can happen and what a lot of times does happen when you're set out on a journey. They don't want to see that. They don't want to see you breaking down. They don't want to see you all stressed. They don't want to see you having some rough time. They just want to see you comfortable in a safe position, right? So they might be telling you, don't do it. They might be telling you, oh, you can't do it because of this and that. They're just trying to protect you. They don't maybe mean harm to you, they don't, whatever. They don't want to be negative, but they're, they're just a natural thing. They want to protect you. Um, people will tell you that you can't do something for a certain reason because you're not this, you're not that, you don't have this, you didn't come from this, blah, 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 all that crap. Um, never let someone's opinion of you become your reality. Your opinion of yourself is your reality. Like It's all in your mind. You are the only one who can push yourself forward. You're the only one who can stop yourself. Like No one else can do it. They can be a hurdle. They can slow you down. Um, they can mess, mess up your path a little bit, but they can't stop you. So never let someone's opinion of you become your reality. Uh, the second one is um, as you're grinding and as you're pushing through a lot of stuff, um, there will be hard times. There'll be a lot of hard times. And, and if things are going to go up and down, you're going to have good times, you're bad times, wins and losses, and just kind of ebb and flow. It just comes. It's just like the ocean. Like the ocean like pushes in the tide, and it gets high tide, and it goes low tide, and high tide and low tide. It's okay. Like the tide, it comes back. Just keep pushing. Um, with that being said, there's going to be a lot of dark moments, a really dark moments. Like it can be, it can get really bad for some people, some people not as bad as others, but it can get really bad. At the end of the day, even in the darkest point of the night, the sun will still rise. Just remember that at the darkest point of the night, the sun will rise. Awesome. So that means no matter what happens, no matter how dark it gets, the sun still comes back. Like it's still coming back. As long as we're on this earth, no matter what happens at night, the sun is still coming back in the morning. So just wait, wait it out, wait it out. You got it. And that brings me to the last one, which is this whole thing. When it gets dark and you're still waiting on that sun to come back, um, some people quit because they all they see is darkness and they can't see that light yet. So they don't have faith. And faith is, is, is believing in the unseen. So, um, you know, uh, when, when you have that faith, you're going you're gonna to allow yourself to be able to, to, to know that that light will be coming. So uh, the people who do win in this journey, in this game of life, and people who are trying to go after big things, people who do actually win are people who stay strong enough, long enough. That's it. 
It's not about talent. It's not about skill. It's not about any of that stuff. At the end of the day, it's all about who stays strong enough, long enough. There's this quote from, I heard it from Denzel Washington one time. He was like, you know, if you, uh, if you, if, if you keep coming to the barbershop and stay at the barbershop long enough, eventually someone's going to give you a haircut. You just got to stay there. You just got to stay there. That's awesome. Those, those three all kind of self-enforce so well. Um, and I, I say this from time to time, but I, I believe much of success in life is truly a function of how long you can remain uncomfortable or how, how comfortable you can be being uncomfortable into that last point, mm-hmm. just fading it out and just grinding through and, and one step in front of the other and just keep on going. Awesome stuff. Awesome stuff. Um, so this has been such a tremendous episode and um, interview with, with your path and your journey and your insight. Um, folks may want to reach out. How can our listeners get in touch with you? Yeah, I'm pretty easy to get a hold of. Um, well, anyone who's ever reached out to me, they know. Um, I'm on all the social media platforms. So Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Snapchat, you name it, all that stuff. You can just look up my name. I don't have any code names on there. You just find my name. I made it easy for everybody. Uh, Jesse, J-E-S-S-E. Last name is I-W-U-J-I. And if you can't remember that, just go on Google and type in Navy NASCAR driver. And I should be the only thing that pops up. So um, look, uh, look for me on those. Follow me. Uh, follow all the stuff I'm doing. Uh, send me messages if you need to or you want to. I answer everything. I, I get I, I manage a lot of social media pages, pages, you know, between my personal ones, my business ones, and then some other people's companies, business pages and stuff like that. I manage a lot, but I answer every message. I, I probably, I probably answer anywhere from 50 to 150 messages a day on social media. So um, don't worry, you will be seen. Uh, well, you got a lot going on. So thanks so much for taking the time to join us today. And uh, it was great. And thanks again. Thank you so much for having me. We hope you enjoyed this conversation with Jesse Awuji, and we'll leave you with this quote from Ernest Hemingway. Now is no time to think of what you do not have. Think of what you can do with what there is. Thanks for joining us on the Financial Operating Base podcast. We'd love to hear from you, so send us your questions or feedback to financialoperatingbase at gmail.com.